Welcome to the Leverage 3 Podcast. This is the place where high performers bring you three tactics you can leverage today to impact your business and life. I'm Craig Shoemaker, and today's guest is Dieter Schultesek. He's working on a beginner's course for ChatGPT, and he's here to share some actionable tips. Dieter, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a crazy week. It's been a really crazy week. <laughs> it's been an eventful week. It's, uh, yeah. Uh, we, with AI, uh, and chat GPT and all those different models, uh, you feel like you can barely go to sleep because when you wake up, something new has happened. Right. Uh, so th so, and this week was absolutely insane. So. so to set the stage, we are in the I don't know, third week of March here in 2023. So just give me a quick roundup of everything that we've seen in the last five to seven days. It was the release of... So in the last five to seven days, uh, mid-journey, the image generating program uh, went from version four to version five, uh, infinitely better, um, can almost get, or you can get live, uh, almost uh, live images, you know, you, you have a hard time distinguishing, okay, what is real? What is not real? Is this a real picture or am I looking at something that's generated by AI? Uh, we're getting really, really, really close. And uh, yes, they seem to have solved the extra finger problem uh, when they're generating <laughs> AI models. Um, Google announced this week that uh, they are now including their version of AI into uh, their Google documents and, uh, you know, their spreadsheets, uh, and they're making that available to their workspace customers first as a trial run. Um, of course, Microsoft came out with Copilot for 365. They, are implementing chat GPT or, you know, their version from Bing, and they're now porting it in all, uh, Microsoft Word, Excel, uh, and, uh, yeah, it's, it, that's insane. But then something that really, really to me was mind blowing is the Stanford experiment, uh, that, uh, came along this week. And now I'm not talking about the Stanford, uh, prison, uh, experiment that they had 50 years ago. Um, Stanford. <laughs> Are you familiar? Are you familiar with that? I, I'm not, but I don't want okay, to take you on a right. tangent. So <laughs> I'm going to send you down a complete rabbit hole um, <laughs> on who are the inmates and who are the gods and the right. whole experiment. Fascinating. All right. Um, so what Stanford did is they looked at how do we create our own version, how, our own AI. Basically, how do we create our own Chat GPT? And what they did is uh, Meta, or uh, you know Mark Zuckerberg's Facebook, Meta uh, cr uh, had made three data models available: small, medium, and large. And they started to take the smallest data set, the smallest model, and they said, "Okay, we want to train this mo this model." And so. To give you some perspective, uh, Arc Investment, the big investment group, came out 
six weeks ago, and they said it took OpenAI $4.6 million in 2020 to train ChatGPT um, because, you know, they used humans and they verified um, the output, et cetera, et cetera. And by the year 2030, we should be able to get that down to a cost of $30. All right, 4.6 million to train a large AI in 2020. By 2030, the same thing should be done by for 30 bucks. Now, the, the thing that comes to mind is the fact that I know a lot of people with 30 bucks. And so this really places this type of processing power really at the hands of just about anybody. So right. I know you can't tell the future, not asking you to do that, but knowing what you know now, how do you think we'll use this? Like, because it, being able to just get, go ahead. <laughs> I, I get where you're going with this, but the story has got to be getting even crazier in just a second. Okay. So our investment said 4.6 million to train an AI in 2020. $30 and 2030. All right. So Stanford University comes along. They take this small model that Meta has made available for free. It's open source. Anybody can use it. And then they said, all right, OpenAI had human beings train their model. All right. What if we just use ChatGPT? to train our model. So they use the DaVinci API from ChatGPT and used it to train their model. They did it for less than 600 bucks. And they now have their fully functional model. Okay, so it is not quite as good as ChatGPT, right? Um, but it's surprisingly good. So inside That's this model, really I'm supposing is domain knowledge specific to a certain area, whereas ChatGPT GPT is basically a you know general knowledge type of of model, right? So right. if I want to ask it something specific. I'll get that, but you could train this model to be even more well-versed in a certain subject. Is that what they were trying to go for? I think, I, I, I don't remember all the specifics. I just, on what their overall goal were, was, but I think they just wanted to use that methodology and just see if it works. Gotcha. That's the way, that's the way I understood it. And okay. they succeeded building their own AI model for 600 bucks and it's 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 quite good so now what we come down to is holy cow uh we have this technology now so yeah now it's a race for data hmm. it is it's it's literally just a race for data um where can i get the most actionable data for whatever it is that I am doing. And then here comes the British government this week and they say, hey, 
yeah, we want to build our own Brit GPT for our countrymen, and we're going to throw, what was it, $900 million at it. So, and we now know Stanford just did it for 600 bucks. Right. So, with technology, it is accelerating at such a pace. And uh, for those people that um, are watching this a couple of weeks later, GPT-4 came out a couple of days ago. Um, people are already spinning new ideas off of GPT-4. And uh, there are some differences between GPT-3.5 and GPT-4. And, you know, GPT-3.5 is quicker and does some things better than 4. But anyway, that's besides the point. My question is, where does that take us in the near future? That's my question too. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's just like the iterations are just mind-blowing right now and innovation right. is going to go through the roof yeah well let, let's try and bring it down to a, a practical and attainable level for for an individual right right um so all this innovation is happening uh it's happening at you know rocket pace but and and there's there's a lot of hype around it but what I'm curious to know is to kind of get into some of your experiences and find out ways that you've pushed on the technology a little bit and been able to, to really get a ton out of it. Um, I know we were talking one other time and I asked you like, what was some, what, like what was a prompt or what was some project that you were working on where you asked something of the AI and you got back something that was quite surprising? Not because it was bad, but because it was really good. 90% of the time that I work with ChatGPT, I still get things back that are surprising. Um, <laughs> most of the time, they're good. Most of the time. <laughs> Depends on, you know, how badly I'm angled or prompt. Um, and this is very important to remember is ChatGPT is by its nature, wants to give you a very generic output. It is just wanting to think about, it's a large language model, so it's trying to anticipate, okay, what is coming next in the sequel of, a sequence of words? What are you looking for? So um, it is naturally just trying to give you very boring answers. Right. So we have to tickle it and guide it and steer it with better prompt writing to give us these more uh, this better output that you know makes it so mind-blowing where it really gets to where it really blew my mind is when you look at business model business concepts uh, problem solving concepts where it has the data that it understands what those concepts are and how to execute those concepts. And that's where it blows my mind, where you can literally say, hey, ChatGPT, uh, I have a marketing problem and I wanna solve this problem using a Six Sigma methodology. Um, please walk me through the entire process step by step 
and uh, yeah, and it will do that. And you can give it your business problems and it'll take you down the rabbit hole and it'll go, you know, okay, what is going on here? Let's analyze the problems. What are possible solutions? And if you don't like the output you're getting, you can try again, yeah. right? And you can steer it in the right direction and make it even better. And uh, you now literally have a multi-million dollar business consultant in your back pocket. Right. And that's, wow. that's to me, is just insane. <laughs> um, and then, you know, you can, but that's a very specific business case, right? Walk me through problem solving, um, those type of things. Uh, another thing that I think is really cool is if you want to talk to an Elon Musk or a Warren Buffett and have Chad GPT assume the persona of that person. Uh, and if you write a really good prompt to emulate a Warren Buffett, um, he is not very talkative, but he's very <laughs> concise and very, very good. All right. Well, let's say that I had some free time this weekend and I wanted to have a chat with Uncle, Uncle Warren. So you said that if you write your prompt well enough, so what, what's the recipe to write a prompt well enough so that I'm going to get results back that make sense, that are effective? First, um, we have to go down to what is a prompt, right? And most people use ChatGPT like they're using Google. They just type in, oh, I'm looking for this. And um, with ChatGPT, what you really want to do is you want to give it a, you want to guide it in the right direction. What is it that we're talking about? And the best way I can describe it is imagine you have a really, really smart virtual assistant that has worldwide knowledge, but it doesn't know anything about you. It doesn't know anything about your business. And every five minutes when you ask it, you have to reiterate again what it is you're talking about. Because of the memory limitations that ChatGPT has right now, we're very limited on how much information we can put in and how much information we get out. Okay, so maybe so, things have changed. My understanding was that within the context of a specific chat, it retains that information throughout the life cycle of that thread? Only through the life cycle of that thread. Okay. However, um, it is limited to 4,000 tokens. Okay. Which is about, uh, I, I don't remember the exact number of words that is. It's, it's about three 4,000 words. Okay that it really comprehends what's going on and where it can follow, follows you. After that, it starts to hallucinate <laughs> and just make stuff up. Right. And it just tries to please you. Um, <laughs> so uh, with GPT-4, if you use the API, they have two additional models. One uh, announced that uh, you have uh, an 8,000 token model, and then a 32,000 token model. Um, but I believe they're going to be uh, higher pricing. Uh, mm -hmm. I have not had access to the API yet, but it's uh, so that's what I heard. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but 
prompt, you have to guide it. What are we talking about? Are we talking about marketing? Are we talking about basket weaving? Are we talking about cycling? So you have to give it context. And the best way to do it is give it a persona. Are you a teacher? Are you a Wall Street uh, financial advisor? Are you a business analyst? What, you know, give it that uh, persona. And then what we want to do is we want to give it an action, a task uh, that it should be executing. What is it that we want ChatGPT to do? And then ideally, what kind of an output are we expecting? And the more precise you are with the output, the better is the output uh, you're going to get it. Okay. And so, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so Uncle Warren... He's published, you know, he's, he's not a huge talker, but there's been a lot of his letters published through the years and yes. a lot written about him and, and mm -hmm. interviews and all that. So that makes sense that the model would be trained on the information that's available there. But what if, what if I would like to have something generated that reflects my writing style? Because as you said, it doesn't know anything about me. Right. So what you could do is you could tell it, hey, ChatGPT, uh, please analyze my writing for tone, style, voice, and here is an example of my writing style. And what I like to do is I, I like to ask it, do you understand what I'm asking? And once you do that and hit, you know, and fire that prompt off, it will repeat back to you. Yes, you would like to analyze, analyze your writing. Please cut and paste a piece of your writing underneath in the next, you know, into the next window. And so you cut and paste your Word document or whatever, whatever, however you have the writing and say, okay, here it is. And please write a prompt that I can use next time. And then it'll analyze your writing and will tell you, give you a specific prompt that you can then use. Okay. So that, that's the part that I was always, so I was like, okay, how can I make this repeatable? And so that's yes. the crucial step is you say, okay, now give me a prompt that will allow you to behave in the same way next time. Exactly. Interesting. That's really and cool. You, what I would suggest then is keep on iterating on that individual prompt that it gives you. Don't just take it for granted, but give it more and more data and mm. until and do it do it not just once, but four or five different times, compare prompts, and then edit that prompt until you find a style of voice and a tone that is repeatable that you can then just go, okay, this is the tone of voice that I want. These are the types of words I'm using. These are the types of sentence structures I'm using. Mm -hmm. um, please repeat that. Gotcha. Well, and, and uh, one of the things you're also hitting on is the fact that there's, there's like a nuance between the way you can approach it. You can go and try and get everything done in one prompt. Yes. Or what you can do is go and reprompt and refine your way through. Have you found there to be, like, are there pros and cons between both approaches? Which one have you gotten better results from? What's your experience there? 
So let's go back real quick to what a prompt really is. Okay. A prompt, you're giving a command to a computer. In reality, you're just talking to an AI, a computer. It uses the, this natural language as its quote-unquote programming language, right? So when we talk about these mega prompts, we're almost talking about writing, uh, writing a computer program and then compiling it, giving it to the AI, to chat GPT, to execute. And so th that's where I think mega prompts come in. When you do large prompts and you iterate, iterate, iterate until it executes a large number of tasks with just one prompt. Right. And with chaining prompts, as you were talking about, I would use that for a piece of content that I'm working on. All right. Um, write me a... Um, I need an article about uh, vacuum cleaners. All right, then it's gonna, you know, um, what should I be writing about? And then, okay, do you want a stand up or do you want one of those uh, ones that I, you're pulling behind you? And are you worried about, and then it takes, you know, you just iterate on your writing and sends you down, a, gives you a set of options and then you can pick and choose the options of that you want to add to your particular article. Right. And so that's how I, how I like to think of chain prompts together. So where and can we read your, your vacuum article? <laughs> I don't have one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh, it's either vacuum cleaners or basket weaving. <laughs> right. I, I, those, are the, the, those are the three examples I like to use. I don't know why. <laughs> so. Awesome. so you said that it's the, the model's trained to be generic and it's trained to be generic on purpose. So what else can you do other than telling it to assume an identity in order to get something that's not quite so bland? You can give it instructions on to be more concise and not quite so verbose. Um, the other thing is ask it to give you uncommon, um, give you uncommon or less known answers to whatever you're asking. Okay. And uh, or counterintuitive, uh, give me counterintuitive solutions to this problem. And all of a sudden it goes, it gives it more create, uh, creativity and it goes out of the box and comes up with some uh, more interesting answers. That's cool. So uh, one other thing you can use is uh, ask it, to act as a virtual assistant. My guess is because there's so much training data on virtual assistants on Twitter and Reddit, etc. When you say you are the virtual assistant to a marketing manager, 
Mm. It sends it down a different rabbit hole and has better task lists and better, a better grasp about what's going on here and gives you better output. Why this works, I have no idea. That's really interesting because in my mind, I would be like, well, it just figures it's a virtual assistant, but it knows nothing at the beginning of the interaction. So that's, that's a really cool uh, you know, direction to head it into. Right. Now, anytime any new technology makes its way on the scene, there's always, especially if it's a hugely disruptive technology, there's, there's fear, there's misunderstanding, there's tons of speculation about what the future will be like. Um, but I, it's interesting because AI is a little bit different, I would say, than some of the innovations that we've seen in the past. Like at the dawn of the internet, no one had any clue of what we were in for, right? And now we can kind of kind of look around the corner a little bit. And of course, we can't see the future with, with clarity. Um, but I think we have a better understanding of what the implications of technology are, where it's going to take us. So like, what are you thinking of how society, the job market, how is that going to be affected as we go forward? The next five years, I believe we're going through a whole nother industrial revolution. I think technology is just going to speed up and it's going to accelerate, accelerate, and it's going to be amazing. Um, we're going to make huge advance, uh, advances in science, uh, medicine, uh, green technologies. And, but with that, as you said, there comes societal problems, right? Um, what happens when you can push a button in the elevator and we don't need an elevator operator anymore? What are those people going to do? <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, they need jobs. How is, this, how is this going to affect them? I mean, we can't just have push button elevators. <laughs> and I, I think it's some sort of the same, uh, we're kind of in the same process. Uh, the top 30% producers in any job are going to get probably five to 10 times more productive using AI, be it a lawyer, uh, be it a marketing professional, SEO, you name it. I think they're going to get five to 10 times more productive in what it is they're going to do. The issue we're going to have is with the lowest 30%, the just borderline producers right now, what are they going to do? And that's where we're going to go back down to the elevator operator. You know, Where did he go? What, is, what did he do? I, I don't know. And uh, what is very interesting, you know, Sam Altman has been a proponent, proponent of the, um, uh, what, are they, what do they call it, uh, basically where everybody gets a salary. Yeah, universal income. Universal income, right. He's a proponent of universal income. And the first time I heard about that, I was laughing. I was like, that's insane. That's stupid. And now the more I see AI, I'm like, okay, we're about 10 years away from Skynet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
yeah, it's 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 going to be very very interesting. Uh, when you see that ChatGPT four uh, just passed the bar exam with a ninetieth percentile, right? Right. It passes the GRE exams. Um, it's GPT three point five already passed all three uh, licensing medical exams. Uh, yeah. Now it's a race for data. Right. Well, and it's How interesting because I, I was playing with a GPT-4 last night. And what I wanted to do was ask it to generate a, a, a browser uh, extension for me so where I could click a button and it would take the entirety of my uh, history, my chat history that I had with with the, the chatbot and copy it into the uh, clipboard in a markdown format. So I tried to dial in my prompt as good as I could. And maybe part of the problem is my, my prompt writing. Uh, it wasn't a mega prompt. I was doing it iteratively. Right. Um, but, and it generated, and, and I'm a software developer by trade. It generated excellent code. I was reading what it would, and you know, I didn't go line by line. But then when I went to go run it, I would get an error and then I'll get another error and I'd submit the errors back to the chatbot. It would try and fix that error. And I spent about an hour going back and forth and I couldn't get it to work. Now, I know that some people have done like incredible things like, you know, show it a, a picture of a, a web UI and it, it's generated that. And I'm not saying that it will, won't ever be able to do this because I know it, it will. It's just a matter of time. But it's interesting because I have yet to take something completely raw as output and publish it in terms of code or prose. Like it's always needed me at this point to interject myself into it in order to make it worthwhile. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And this is where when you work with Chad GPT, it's not just push it and forget it. It's, and this is where the top 30% come in, right? you still have, as we're at right now, you have a set of knowledge that you've gained experience over years of time. You know what it should be look, what it should look like. Right. And chat GPT can be the tool that helps you get 90% there. Right. You still have to evaluate the output and edit it a little bit and make it, make it your own. Uh, and and that's very important to remember. And also, ChatGPT likes to hallucinate <laughs> and just plain, just plain. You know, it, it, I, I swear the AI sometimes is just sitting in the corner. You know, smoking a doobie. I, it's just, testing you. Are you paying oh, attention? Yeah, just just <laughs> let's just throw this out there. Just let's just see what happens. And these fools will buy anything. Right. And then you look at it and you go, yeah, that's not right. This is, but it's convinced that it's right. Right. And it will try to convince you of that. And you just know, yeah, this is not, this is not right. Okay. <laughs> Shut down this tab. Let's start over again. You are not doing this right. And that's awesome. so you have to be very, you have to be sure to just look at everything that it's giving you, make sure the citations are correct, double check its work, mm -hmm. you know? Um, it can, instead of 
10 hours writing this long newsletter, it'll only take you an hour. Right. But it's not just taking two minutes and uh, you're done. Prompting it to mint you gold. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the things I like to do at the end of each show is uh, pull out like three actionable tips that our listeners can take from what you've shared. So if you were to, to, to pull those out, what do you think they would be? More, more than anything, embrace the technology, but don't take it too serious and just have fun with it. And the best way to learn prompts for me is use it on silly stuff. Um, as you're sitting, let's say you're uh, sitting at a Starbucks uh, and you're seeing a lady in a red dress and the guy behind the counter, just have it write a rap song about <laughs> the people that you're seeing and watch, watch what kind of output you're getting. Right. Um, if you're about to hang out with a couple of friends, um, have it write a rap song or a country song about that. Um, go to, uh, there's a website called UberDuck, um, where it will generate, it has a, uh, where it generates voices for you of uh, famous actors, musicians, etc. So you can literally have a song um, by uh, like Jay-Z, you know, you tell Chad GPT, <laughs> hey, write a song um, about us here at the podcast right now riffing about J chat gpt in a jay-z voice it will come up with a rap song then take that paste that into uber duck where you then have the jay-z voice repeating <laughs> what chat gpt just wrote and then go to uh youtube or one of those free uh music sites where it gives you kind of a Jay-Z beat and then just merge those two together. And all of a sudden you have your own Jay-Z song about us, you know, riffing here at the podcast and it's just having a blast. Um, I think we should be discussing starting a record label, I guess is, is really <laughs> There you go, do, right? You know? Let's have a record label. <laughs> um, but it, yeah, embrace the technology, play with it. Don't take it too serious. Don't try to do too much work. Just, Use it for birthday invitations. Um, when you're writing something to hang out with your friends, uh, you know, hey, give me a Donald Trump voice on why you people should be at my birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> so have fun with it. That would be number one. All right. Truly embracing technology, have fun with it, and don't just be overly critical. Hmm which is counterintuitive what my next point is going to be. Okay, balance, I like it. The next point is don't take everything that AI gives you as gospel because it does like to hallucinate. It tries to make up facts. So be very discernible about the things that it gives you back, right? On the, mm -hmm. But remember, this is an emergent technology. We're watching uh, human evolution, like on a month by month, week by week basis right now. 
it's insane. The acceleration of technology, acceleration of what's going on in the AI industry is just mind blowing. And I can't wait to see what's happening next week. Yeah. Right. But so on one hand, have fun with it. Don't be too critical. On the other hand, when you're using it for business or uh, for things that are really important, you know, make sure you double check the work. Gotcha. That would be that would be my third point. And then number three is uh, follow me on Twitter at, <laughs> at S-C-H-O-L-T-Y. And uh, I have a little list uh, about AI news and uh, I uh, collect some of a couple hundred of the thought leaders of people that I really like that put out good stuff about AI and prompt writing and uh, just go use that list and you can get all kinds of AI news uh, right in your own feed. And more importantly, be curious, go to Twitter. Uh, there are a couple of really, really good discords out there. Uh, OpenAI has a discord. There's one called Prompt Hacking. Um, there's another one. Uh, yeah, ChatGPT Hacking. Uh, then there's another one called ChatGPT Prompt Engineering. Uh, there is a very good forum, uh, AI, PRMT. They have an extension, but they have a really good online forum uh, where people discuss this new technology, where people discuss prompts and be curious and just play around with it. See what kind of games you can get with it. Be curious and keep on learning. And um, yeah, just and be conscious of the mode that Google, OpenAI, Microsoft are building around this technology. Don't just say, oh, I'm going to start a uh, business giving people this one thing, knowing full well that uh, OpenAI or Google can just import your idea into their own product very quickly. Right. Yeah. So anyway, stay curious, my friends. Stay curious. Hey, thanks so much for being a part of the show. Let's continue this conversation. Feel free to connect with me on Twitter where I'm at Craig Shoemaker. So go out and have an amazing day. I hope you get a chance to find someone to love, find someone to forgive, and find someone to encourage because we are most certainly not in this alone. And I'll see you again here soon on the Leverage 3 Podcast.